If you use the internet on a daily basis, and chances are you do, you probably don't put much thought into cybersecurity. You know, your network connections, the pages you visit, the files you download. You should be thinking about these all the time. Welcome to And Security for All. Your host is Kim Hakem. We're here to help you understand, in general terms, how and why your cybersecurity should be kept in check. Now, here is Kim Hakem. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Um, I am not Kim. Uh, Kim is out today, so she uh, she let me come on so I could have a little bit of fun on the show. I am really excited to uh, cover this topic today. Martial arts has been a major part of my life for a lot of years. Uh, we were talking about that pre-show, and I think I started karate in 1988. Um and it has led to many great things in my in, in my life, in my work, uh, in my uh, personal life. So um, I asked uh, a friend of mine to come on the show with us today, and so that we can talk about. He uh, he's also he I've trained with him for thirty one years. We we he did the math for me, and thirty one years that we've been training together. And um, he is also in IT. Um, we uh, we kind of grew up together and it spread out in terms of the things that we did and the experiences that we had. But uh, all of it does come back down to that, um, that, that importance and that connection to the, the martial arts. So I'm really excited about the show today. Um, we've got uh, uh, shows coming up. I do not have the list. I'm hoping to have the list by the end of the show so that I can tell you about the next events that we have with Kim. Um, so please, uh, uh, stay on till then so we can show you when the next uh, sessions are. Um, now I want to introduce Dwayne Townsend. Um, I'll let him introduce himself in terms of his titles and the things that he does, but please welcome Dwayne uh, to the show. I'm really excited for you to be here. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you, Mr. Kimmett, and thanks for the opportunity. Uh, Dwayne, been in IT uh, for a long time, mostly web experience, uh, websites and things of that nature, but uh, I've been doing martial arts uh, for 31 years now, just like uh, Jonathan had stated that uh, we, you know, we first met each other about 31 years ago when I started in class and, and just stay connected since then. So thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So fair warning. Um, we will call each other by different names. Um, it's really odd for us to call each other by our first names. Um, I'm going to try to do that and try to remember to do that. Um, but from the discipline of the martial arts, we do have other names, uh, Mr. Townsend, uh, Townsend Sabanem, you know, there's various things that, um, uh, will come out naturally. So if that happens, that's just the way it works. And it, it's not anything odd. It's not, at least not odd to us. So let me ask you, uh, I, it's really hard for me to say Dwayne. It really is hard. Um, let me ask you, Mr. Townsend, um, What's uh, first of all, why did you start karate? Yeah, let's, let's oh, go yeah. to the very, very beginning. So, uh, and I'll just call you Mr. Kimmick because that's what I'm used to. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just ever since I was a kid, I, I just loved it. I was a big Chuck Norris fan, uh, enjoyed the thought of the discipline of it. You know, as a kid in the 80s, uh, there was a lot of ninja movies and things like that, and I just thought it was really neat. And I wanted to be disciplined and, and learn how to. Uh, at that time, just learn how to fight. Like, what is that all about? And they kind of do some cool things. And so I started in uh, 1992, so a few years after you did. 
Um, and the discipline of it and the structure has really helped me. You know, you talked about how it helped you in your career. Same thing for mine. You know, I've, I've been, I've been able to uh, do some things that I don't think I would have been able to do otherwise. Some opportunities that have opened up, uh, learning about leadership, how to work with people, connections, uh, everything. And so, you know, today's topic, as we talk about how it relates to IT, it really spans uh, across a lot of disciplines. But I think when you look at security and look at trying to perfect your art and your skill, how to prepare for the unknown, that type of thing. I really think that it's uh, it's really given us uh, an edge or an opportunity to really structure ourselves, learn from that, and help others do the same. Yep, absolutely. Now you are an instructor. Uh, you have a class. I am. You are actually a certified master instructor. Correct? That's correct. Yes, sir. I I, uh, I teach uh, I teach a class in in Oklahoma. And uh, I'm a sixth degree and certified master instructor in the art of Subak Do Mudokwan. Yep. And that's a name that you and I know, but a lot of people don't know. Um, all I can say is if you've ever uh, heard of Chuck Norris, that's the art that he started in when he was in the Air Force. He helped bring that art to the United States. And it was called Tong Sudo at the time. Um, you've seen it in movies all over the place. You just didn't know what it was called. So, um, but yeah, so I, I, as a part of the the art, I've learned, you know, first you, you it's about yourself and how do you per, you know learn these things and these cool moves and how can I take someone down? And I was actually telling a story about you uh, last night in class to my students uh, about the first time I learned a scissor leg takedown, right? And that was I was a white belt. We're at Mays County Gym out in the front lawn, and here's Mr. Kimmett, this this red belt who's my, my uniform is brand new. It's white, brand new white. I was really proud of that. And we're there before class like we were pretty much every night. And uh, the the story is, you know, I step out there and he said, you know, Mr. Cameron said, can you help me with something? I said, sure. I want to learn this stuff, right? And so he said, okay, stand like this. Okay, so I'm standing there straight. Put your hands together. Okay. And now lift them up. Yes, sir. And then he does a scissor leg takedown. And I remember like, you know, it was kind of a blur and I was like, wow, that was cool. When do I get to learn that? When you get higher rank, like, dang it. So, um, but you know, you, you look at it from what can I do for myself and how can I learn this stuff? And it's really cool. And will I be a ninja and all these things that you, when you first start out and you're not, you don't have a lot of wisdom in it yet. And then over time, you know, you learn things about leadership, about being a senior member in the class and the responsibilities of that and how do you mentor others and then taking over class and then eventually teaching your own class. And then for me, you know, I've been blessed with the opportunity to get into leadership uh, positions in our art and not not from a uh, like a political drive perspective, but just from a helping others perspective. And then, you know, some of my seniors saw that they invited me to to help out with like board of directors. And so I was uh, happy to help with that and then ended up eventually becoming chairman of the board. Uh, in February of 2020. So we all know what happened right after that. It's not my fault, but we got to work on, um, you know, how do we, as martial artists, how do we handle, we, we know how to handle a lot of different things and we, we do a lot of reps and drills with, that you and I are going to talk about here in a little bit. But, you know, now there's a worldwide pandemic and how do we handle that from a national perspective and from a school perspective? And 
So I was able to uh, drink from a fire hose with that and learn and help and do all these things. And, and those are the types of, um, you know, things and opportunities we got to be a part of and help others with. And it all stems back to the discipline and the training and the connection that we had uh, through the martial arts and, and learning all that as we, as we progress. So, well, I think you said it very clearly. The, when I think about martial artists or, or martial arts training, uh, it, regardless of what it is, I mean, there's so many martial arts out there and there's right. really great instructors and really great schools, but martial artists, martial arts training is really about leadership. You know, you, you start as a leader of yourself about learning as a, maybe it's a white belt or, um, most styles have white belt or a version of white belt, you know, very beginner. And you start working, you're building yourself and growing and growing and growing. And eventually you become a little more knowledgeable than the person that's to your left. So you're helping them and then you grow and then you're leading class and then you're, you're doing these things. So the, the, the idea about martial arts for me is that leadership growth, um, right. first about yourself and then about others. And I think that's really important. We've got some comments in the thing in the uh, the comment section where people are talking about the cross section of cyber and martial arts. Um, uh, this person is uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Muay Thai, and, and I think that that's really there is so much martial arts out there that people right. have done, whether they did it and when they were kids, or they're doing it now. They're doing it for the health, or they're doing it for self defense. Um, or they're doing it because it's part of them. I mean, I really believe that what we do now is part of us. You know, our instructor is part of us. Our connection is part of us. Our our, our art is part of us. But that leadership really ties out. You, you learn to be a leader in class, and then all of a sudden you're out in the world. And I've been very fortunate that, you know, every job that I ever had, I quickly moved into a leadership role. It's not because I intended it that way. It's just kind of I grew and grew and grew. And I, I really hold that to the martial arts training. I, I, I hold that to the, the lessons that we learned and the expectations. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's our instructor. Most instructors have high expectations for us as we're growing through the ranks. And that turns into where we go out in the real world, whether it's about your first job or the, your next job or being successful in school or in college or being successful with being a uh, a parent. I mean, one of the weird things is when I got married uh, and we started talking about kids, had no clue. I absolutely had no clue what I was doing. You know, my dad died when I was younger um, and I didn't have that person to go and ask. And then I realized I did. It was my instructor. And I went and I asked him things and, you know, he always tied it back to the martial arts. So, learning that leadership of myself and learning that leadership of my family really kind of came from that experience that I had with my instructor, with you, with, with our, with our studio, with our dojong. And so I think that's really important. And I think that's something that people miss. Um, they, right. they, they may not know it. They may not see it. They may not get it right at first, but the longer you're in it, the more you, you have that. Um, we have a, another uh, a state, a comment here is I think humility is one lesson that is continuously reinforced in both domains. Absolutely. Right. Um, I think that that is a, an incredible piece. That's, uh, it's one of our concepts is humility. Um, and it's one of those things that you learn number one, that you don't know everything. Um, you learn that sometimes you make a mistake 
And sometimes those mistakes hurt. Um, right. I remember trying to break a rebreakable board once and it broke my knuckle and it's like, Oh, I, I, I felt pretty comfortable. I was going to break that board and I couldn't do pushups for a couple of months. So anyway, so th- let me ask you, you know, in your time, you know, as, as an instructor, um, out in the world, you know, what do you think you got from that leadership? You know, what did you learn in the dojong that you really go, Hey, this is, you got into that situation. You go, I know how to deal with that. What, give me an example of that. Boy, that that's really good. I, I want to touch on a couple things and highlight that. Now, first, I'm glad there's there are several people that uh, that have been studying martial arts. Different ones doesn't matter the martial art. the The discipline and stuff is very similar, like you said. The the what we learn in class. Um, we we come from a traditional school, and that's the the mudo, you know, the military way mindset. It's the, you know, I don't know how to do this but I'm going to figure it out. It's that can-do attitude. And I think that can-do attitude mixed with the leadership is what opens doors. And it doesn't mean that we're pompous. Um, if you've been in any martial art long enough or in any field long enough, um, you if you thought you were the best out there, you would be humbled and your, your nails knocked down and then you, you gain that humility again. So humility is very important, just like that, uh, that person that commented. Um, so... So the question you asked was how or what what is a specific thing that that training has helped me with? Um, I can't get into specifics, but at, at a previous position, um, you know, at, at a previous company, we had um, anytime you're on the web, you get you get attacks all the time, right? Um, and when you run into challenges, whether it's an attack or whether it's like well, our company's never done X, Y, or Z before. What what I've learned from class and what I've what I've taken with me into my career is, you know, um, look, I'll, I'll, this previous company, I'll, I'll be specific on this. This previous company, they had never done translations before. It was uh, it was an international company, travel company, and uh, we had never uh, global or localized our content um, across the. Um, the different sites. And when I heard that, I said, let me have it, right? I've never done this. You know, uh, the closest I have is my mom is a German immigrant. So I've, I've seen another culture and another language before, but uh, I didn't know how to do it, but I knew that we could figure it out. And I think that that type of attitude, um, humility, but confident helped uh, helped me in my career. That That's one specific uh, scenario that you had asked for. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of those things that you always learn something new, you know, when right. you're in, when you're in a class uh, and you have your instructor, sometimes your instructor, t- this is the one thing that I figured out years and years ago. There are times that your instructor gives you a lesson because that is exactly what you need at that time. Right. That may not have been what the class needed it was what you needed. And sometimes it was knocking that nail down. Of course, we haven't explained what that means. Uh, if you're a martial artist, you may know that particular phrase, but sometimes it's knocking that nail down. It's that I'm, 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 I've got this. The best example that I have on that is brand new black belts. You know, they yep. just got their black belt. They're good. They are, they've passed, they're excited. They get just a little too rambunctious. And then they go to that next class and then all of a sudden they, they come out of that class and they are dripping with sweat thinking that they had 
that they don't know anything that they they've lost everything that they had a week before and and it wasn't the case it was a lesson that needed to be learned and i think that that's really really important because there are lessons that you learn in leadership there's lessons that you learn sometimes you make the wrong decision okay right you know what i i'm going to learn from it i'm going to move forward in it um on the flip side, sometimes you have to provide those lessons to your staff. Um, that's the one thing that I, you know, very early on, I remember the first time I ever had to teach class. Um, Sabanem was not, uh, our instructor was not able to make it to class one night. He had to work late. So he called me up, called my mom up because I was young. I couldn't even drive. And he said, Jonathan, I need you to lead class. Are you are you capable of stepping up? This is this is an opportunity for you to step up and show that you are the rank you are. And I just jumped at it, scared to death. I jumped at it. I went full force. I went in. I taught class. I have no idea what I taught that night. Uh, people seemed to like it. I enjoyed it. Scared again, scared to death, but I did it. Um, and I think that that plays through into a lot of the lessons that we do. Sometimes you might be really scared. Uh, and you got to do it anyway. You just step up and you move forward with it. Right. So, all right. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, taking those lessons that we learned in class and now giving it to your organization, specifically your team. Um, talk about some of the things that you do with your teams. Um, I, you, you probably had lots of teams over the years right. for different things. But what are some of the things that you kind of slip in from that martial arts training that they don't really think of it as martial arts training, but it is the lessons that we learned. What are some things that you have for that? Well, that, that's a great, we could talk for a couple hours on just that, right? <laughs> so uh, one is, you know, you, you talk about humility. So one thing that I'd like to make sure happens on my team is that every voice is heard. You know, they're the, the person who created our martial art, he talked about having a white belt mindset. And that means, um, when you, no matter what your rank is, like I, I've been studying this art for 31 years, sixth degree, master instructor, you know, all, all these, all this time spent learning and, and trying to develop, but you have to have the, the white belt mindset. And that means be able to not be too comfortable in what you already know and be willing to be open to learn and learn from anyone. And so, so one thing I bring to my teams is trying to show humility by making sure that even the intern, when they come in, we'll have people with 20 years of experience on the team. But when you get an intern in, the intern needs to know that there's a lot of knowledge out there, but they also need to be comfortable with sharing an idea because we may all learn from that idea. So that that's one. The other, um, you know, you talked about how um, sometimes you need to knock a nail down or sometimes you need someone to learn a lesson. And that is, you know, giving guidance. They know for sure it's this other way. If you're sure it's not going to hurt your company, you let them learn so that, that that lesson is learned a little bit more deeply by making the mistake. But that's an investment in that person on yes. your team, right? You've just invested a lot into them and to their growth and they're, they'll be better for it. Another is awareness. So when in martial arts, we do a lot of drills and, and we talk about, um, you know, what, what are drills? Drills are things that we, we do over and over again. It could be practicing a, a certain technique, a block or a punch. Uh, but typically it's uh, what we would call one steps or joint locks or whatever. And there's a, there's a set number of drills that we do. 
and it there's a ceremony involved where we'll get and we'll bow to each other and then then one person will challenge and then we'll we'll key up or yell to say that we're ready and then they punch and it's it's very structured and from someone who who doesn't have a lot of expertise in that um it looks like unrealistic like no one's ever gonna like challenge you this way and i was like well no kidding it's not it's not about that it's about the repetition and it's about doing different things in different ways so that you can not only be prepared for something that comes at you from a different angle or a different size or or whatever um but also you start learning to see what different types of attacks look like and you become familiar with what is uh what's a threat versus what's not a threat and how to respond with the right level of response if, if that makes a sense like like you're not going to if someone's going to push you on the school ground you're not going to break their arm i mean that that's completely uh uncalled for but what does that threat look like what's the right level of response and so with work the way that translates is you know if you're working on the web you are the front line for your company uh, from an exposure standpoint, you know, talking about cybersecurity. So when you're writing code, you know, what are your coding standards? So let's, how about we build some? And so we we typically, uh, all of the teams I've ever worked on, we've established coding standards. We've established um, uh, peer reviews, um, looking for security threats in code. How do we spot that? What are things that we um, you know, there's a happy path. So if you're not used to IT, whenever you're designing something, you have a happy path. Like if everything goes perfectly, here's how it's going to work. But we spend most of our time on the what ifs. Like what if somebody does this wrong? What if someone tries to attack us in this way? What if someone tries to attack us in that way? And that mindset is one that I try to instill on my team. And it's not to make them paranoid. It's just to make them aware that if you do this, will you be prepared for this type of thing or that type of thing or whatever? And as developers, so I, I mostly manage in my career uh, web developers. As developers, we don't have the same training as cybersecurity, but it is very important for any developer, whether you're externally facing or internally facing, to uh, work the drills, right? So get, get the training that you can, work with your cyber teams and find out like what are some things that you may have missed like if we design something and i uh invite like a cyber uh security team into to look at what we've done or to review things with them if they find something i didn't think about that's a learning opportunity for me and my team it's like okay great thank you very much now how do we how do we resolve that or uh other teams or, or other scenarios could be you know we talk about drills a second ago pen testing and things like that are you prepared for that? How do we handle that? If this went wrong, how do we respond to that? You know, and how do we learn from that in the future? I think the drills that we cover in class and the repetition and working that process really translates well into IT and how to manage a team and set expectations. I don't tell my team members that, oh, by the way, this is just like whatever we do in class. Yeah. It's, you bring up the scenario like, OK, now what if they tried this? That type of thing. So. Right. You know, when I started doing drills, when I got in IT, um, I actually got in IT kind of in a side thing because I was not an IT person. I have a business management with a business law concentration. I kind of fell into the role of help desk supervisor and kind of grew from there. But one of the things that I did, speaking of those drills, because I knew 
how I learned when I was learning security or even Linux. You know, when I was learning Linux all those years ago, I would find a command or someone would show me a command or the syntax of the command. And I would write it down on a sheet of paper. I had this, this legal pad in between my two monitors at work where I would write it down. I think I actually found that not too long ago. I still have that somewhere. But at pages and pages, and I would practice those once a week, and I would go through, and I would, you know, uh, you know, it was basic NMAP. Here's a perfect example, NMAP. Um, I learned NMAP, I don't know, 15 years ago or however long ago it was, and I was doing it for a particular problem we had on a server, learning how to see if that port was open. But the command that I used... It, I had never used NMAP before, and so mm-hmm. I would practice it over and over again. So every week I'd practice it. I, these commands grew and grew and grew. And I got to be really comfortable at the command line because I practiced this stuff on a regular basis. So now when I go in, so I do a lot of consulting work. When I go into an organization and I'm teaching people NMAP or how to find things on their network or whatever, what I do is I help them build a set of drills that their team can practice over and over again. And here's a, a good example. Um, doing file transfers in the in Linux and the Windows world, you have lots of different options. I mean, you can just do a regular um, file copy over to a Samba share, a, a Windows file share. You can do SCP, you can do FTP, you can do TFTP, which I don't advise doing. Um, you can create a uh, a Python web server, and then on the other machine, download it. You can reach out to the machine, grab it, and pull it back. I mean, there's all these different things. So what we do is I I, I put a, a handful of boxes, you know, Windows and Linux and whatever. I say, all right, th- this file is the ball, is the, the, the flag, whatever. I want you to go through this process of moving it from this machine to this machine to this machine to this machine, all through different methods. And they practice that and they do that for weeks. You know, once a week they do it and they practice it. By the end of those few weeks, they can move files anywhere. If they need to move it to a window share, they know how to do it. They need to move it to a, a, a secure shell. They know how to do it. They put it up on a web server. They know how to do it. But it's that practicing and that drilling. And what it really does, what I found, is it builds confidence you know the commands. You don't have to think about the syntax. You, you've you got the structure. If you need to change it a little bit, well, you go to the man file and you pull it in, you do whatever you need to do, but you have that confidence. And that confidence is really important because I can give something new to a team and they've got the confidence of all this stuff, but they've also got the confidence that they know how to learn it and right. so they can really grow into it. And I think that that's really important for teams because IT is always changing. Um, there's new skill sets, there's there's new tools, there's new attacks, there's all kinds of things. Now, one of the things you talked about specifically is that what if. And I, and I live in the what ifs, you know, in cybersecurity, that's what you're thinking about is you're you're living in that what if world. And that's what if I just, if what if I put this different kinds of um, uh, commands inside this SQL query? What does it do? You know, um, or I'm doing tabletops for organizations and I say, you know, what if your network goes down? How do you communicate? You don't have VoIP, you don't have Teams, you don't have this. How do you talk to one another? Uh, I was doing a, a tabletop back a couple of months ago and uh, in my tabletops, I like, you know, uh, killing off people and knocking down networks and stuff just for the fun of it to see what it, I killed all their network. I killed all their computers. And I said, all right, now what are you going to do? 
they raise their hands like we're going to open up the ham uh, the ham radio shack <laughs> what what you have you have one and being a ham radio operator i thought that was great but they actually did they they had gone their disaster recovery up to the point they actually had ham radios in a shack somewhere at the organization and they always have somebody on staff that knows how to do it they have their license and i thought that was great it was a great they had taken their dr to the point of they were to that point it, it was great i thought it was really great for them yeah, that's good. And going through the scenarios of that will help prepare for the real life thing, right? It may not be exactly, but yep. but you instead of like, oh my gosh, what do we do? It's like you said, you built that confidence and and what do you know? This is a little bit different, but we know how to handle this step by step. And you you get into um like a really focused mode where you're going through step by step. Okay, here's here's what this is. Here's what that you know that didn't work, and the troubleshooting helps. I, I think that 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 goes right back into you know, training your drills, being able to execute, whether it's in a martial arts scenario or yeah. whether it's it's in IT. And um, I, I think that's a really good plan. I, I love the, you know, they can be, they can be impactful, like the the spur of the moment, we're going to do this drill real quick and you didn't know it was coming. The, those are, you know, whether it's a DR or whether it's a, a cyber or whatever, whatever the event is, just to see, like, how do we respond? Yep. And you know what? It's okay uh, to not respond great in those drills. It's totally yeah. fine. It's totally fine. You know, e even as a, even as a, a master level instructor, I'll work with stuff and with my students, and uh, we may do a drill where we're doing like bull in the ring. So bull in the ring is where you have one person in the middle, a big circle around them, and they'll come in randomly and attack, and you do different <laughs> things, and you you try to have a goal with that, but it's it's to stress them. And what do you do under pressure? Yeah, and. And I have failed, right? And like, well, in my mind, I failed. They didn't know that I failed. They thought it was was cool. But in my mind, I was like, I didn't respond the way that I wanted to respond. Um, but that's when you find it out. Those drills help you flush that out. So that when it happens for real, you are able, your mistakes are smaller. And if you do make a mistake, you can recover, recover well. And as you build that confidence, you, you can stop looking at things like a white belt will look at, um, okay, my hand goes from here down to here. And this punch goes from here over to here and here's how I close my hand and all that stuff. Great stuff for, for a beginner. But a skilled practitioner will look at, I'm moving my body this way because of that, because of their intent. I'm going to move this way and it's a natural thing versus a, I'm going to focus on my arm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, as you develop confidence in your teams in IT, uh, even in your business, you know, the, the landscape in cyber is so big. It, it, it's more than just IT. It, it's anyone in the business that has access to an electronic device. That is your threatscape, right? And so you have to manage that. Thankfully, I manage my team. People like you have to manage everybody. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but you have that confidence and you have that, that, that skill so you can look at the what-ifs. What, one of my favorite um, things that I've learned is by, by – okay, so let me give you an example. Uh, if – a SQL injection attack, right? A SQL injection attack is when um, they're on, you know, it could be web, could be whatever. I live in web world, so I'm just going to say web. Um, they complete a form, they throw in a semicolon, they do some math to see if they're able to get to uh, your SQL server or whatever, and then and then on and on. So um, you could look at the hands, right? And look for specific things like, well, they put a semicolon in there. I gotcha. Um, or you could have a little more confidence and understand what's going on. 
and then trap the whole thing, right? So we had, it was earlier in my career at a different company. Um, you're, when you're on the web, you see all kinds of weird traffic, people trying to do different exploits and whatnot. But somebody tried a SQL injection attack using hexadecimal. And I thought that, that, I mean, it didn't, it didn't work, right? Because we, we, weren't, we weren't looking at strings and stripping out stuff. We were actually protecting uh, at a deeper level on, on that. But, but seeing that, I thought I was very impressed by that, uh, if that's okay to be impressed by someone trying to hurt me. But, um, but I was happy that we looked at the why and not yes. the specific what. Because if we had looked at the what and protect against the what, that would have worked against us. And uh, yeah. it didn't. So, well, it's knee jerk reaction at those point. At that point, it's right. you see a problem, you respond to that one problem, you don't think about the larger issue. And and I tell people all the time, you know, again, think about the martial arts. You can teach somebody how to do a high block, and they can do thousands of high blocks. You know, how to hold the hand, how to turn, how to move, how to move the hoodie, how to do all. You could teach that all day long. They do not know what a high block does until they get punched in the nose. <laughs> Amen. That's a great teacher. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying go punch people in the nose. That's not the point. But I can tell you, I have been, I, I've had our instructor teach me something over and over and over and over and over again. And I could technically do it. I physically and technically could do it. And then came the time that I got punched in the nose. I was like, Oh, well, well, yeah, that, that, that failed um, because I didn't understand it. And I think that's right. what, you know, when you get somebody to understand an attack, understand those things that are coming in, then the mindset changes. And that's what I try to do in my job is I try to get people to think differently about the attacks, to think differently, because here's the one thing I don't think people really understand there is someone on the other side of those attacks attacking you. You right. have a real person. It might be nation state. It might be a group of people, but there's a live person that's on the far side that's coming after your web form for a SQL injection attack. And these people are really smart and they're really good at what they do. And they've just got to find that one kink in the armor to get in that's why they were trying the hexadecimal that's why they're trying the uh, the hash instead of the semicolon that's why they're trying they're going to try all this stuff if you just look at it of well if they try this we'll block them if they try this we'll block them as opposed to understanding what input validation is right then it's like oh that's what they're trying to do. So, you know, one of the things that I do in the world um, is I train a lot. I, I teach people a lot and I will go in and I will teach. It's a pen testing course. So it's actually the last time I taught it at B-Sides. B-Sides is a local IT security conference. Uh, local. It's everywhere. Everyone has a B-Sides, you know, near them, but here one in Oklahoma. And I was teaching this course and it was a cyber attacks against the organization. The syllabus was exactly the same as the pen test course down the hallway that one of my friends was teaching. The difference was I was sitting in the room with a bunch of C-level people and um, C-level, non-IT, non-IT security people. I was demonstrating the attacks. Then we were talking about these attacks from a defense perspective. It's like, okay, let right. me show you how a brute force password attack works. 
I demonstrate it. I show them. I go, now, how do you prevent that? And they all said, well, you multifactor. Absolutely. How yeah. many people here are multifactoring all their stuff? And about half the room raised their hands. Like, now do you see why it's so important? And I had someone come up to me and he says, I never thought of it that way. No right. one has ever shown me why they're asking me to, and this was a CEO. Um, he says, no one had ever shown me why we need to do this. They just said we needed to do it. And I didn't believe them. And right. it, it really kind of hooked in. It's like, what are we doing wrong as an industry when I have a CEO come to me, thanked me for showing him and then said, no one's ever shown me that before. And I think that that's, that's, that's a problem. And, and I was trying to think back of why, why that was so impactful for me in terms of that process of here's the attacks and, you know, what do you do to defend? And it's for martial arts, you know, again, when you see somebody get hit in the face with a punch, your brain's like, I don't want that to happen to me. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to practice that high block. I'm going to practice getting my hands up, you know, doing whatever. Um, because I don't want that to happen. And there's so many people out there that have never seen the attacks that they don't, maybe they don't even look on their own firewalls to see the attacks hitting them all day long, every day, and knowing that those things could happen. Um, so anyway, that that's my my one of my soapboxes yeah. for the day. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that soapbox with you. And I think that, you know, understanding the connection with people, we, we get that from a martial art perspective. It's a great analogy. I know how to do a high block, but I got hit in the face. Well, you didn't understand timing, what the threat looked like. When do you use it? When is it better to use something else? That kind of thing. And, you know, I'm really thankful. The places I've worked for have had great cyber teams and uh, teams that can communicate. But I've heard horror stories, right, of like, well, we have to use this now because the, our cyber team tells us to. Well, the problem with that is like, you know, if... Look, you, you can have really well-meaning people out there that are very skilled at cybersecurity. And they know all the traps and all the plans and all, all how to fix everything. But when they don't communicate the why and they don't relate and, and meet in the middle, because sometimes the thing that they're trying to implement could negatively impact the business. And if they don't understand what the business needs are and come alongside and work as a partner and just demanding, what you're going to run into are people that are just going to circumvent it, right? Yep. It's like, you know what? You put this appliance on my my laptop. I can't do this. Fine. I'm going to do it for my personal, you know, or whatever. And, right. and thankfully, I've worked in places where I've seen great uh, cybersecurity teams and I've, I've seen how they can um, work together. But I've been to conferences where people talk about well, they just implement this and I really don't like ours. They think that they're gods and they just do, you know, there's such a negative impact on that. Um, and I think that maybe in those other companies, they, the cyber teams meant well, they just didn't relate and explain the why. And so you have this cognitive dissonance. There's a, there's a word for the day, right? Or you have this, this conflict that's hard to resolve versus teams I've worked with at the places I've worked at are, Let's understand each other. What are you trying to do? Here's what we're trying to prevent. Here's the type of attack. How do we work together on this? What works? That works or this doesn't work or can you test this for us or, or whatever the case may be. And what that leads to is companies that understand that everybody's on the cyber team. 
you've got leaders on the cyber team. You know, you've yep. got your, yep. your people like you that are that are experts in the field. You have other IT people, right, that have an idea like me. Like I have an idea. Uh, I'm not a cybersecurity uh, trained professional, uh, but I've been in the game long enough to to know the basics. And then you have people that that uh, maybe they're customer service reps or whatever. But the idea, uh, hopefully, that you know maybe people can learn from this and gain is that everyone is on the team when it comes to yeah. protecting you and protecting the company and protecting each other. And it's how do we as a team work together on that? Well, we do that through, um, you know, testing, testing how your people are at fishing, right? And how do they see that and how they respond to that testing, how they respond to different events, you know, on, on different levels of the organization. And I agree with you. It all goes back to, to us, it's common sense. And I'm not saying that if you haven't studied in a martial art, that it isn't common sense. That, that's not what we're talking about. Right. I think that coming from a, a traditional martial art back, uh, you know, background, and even non-traditional, uh, if it's BJJ, you know, there, there's traditional, non-traditional Muay Thai, there's traditional, non-traditional Taekwondo, wh whatever, whatever the art is, you know, Jeet Kune Do, all these beautiful martial arts out there. It really goes back to... Um, working the drills like it, you know we're different the style that we study is different than bjj for example i'm just going to throw uh, bjj is very popular very very great art um they still do drills right you're still yes. on the ground working that how do i work uh this uh, mount what do you do with this let's get the reps in we all do similar things to prepare and get better at things we just go about it a different way yeah well, and I think every one of those arts, you know, if you have a good school and a good instructor and a good studio, uh, when I when we when we talk about dojong, it's not the facilities, it's right. not the building, it's the people, it's the people in that studio. Um, when you uh, when you have that, there's a lot of trust, there's a lot of respect, um, uh, patience, humility, honesty. Um, I can right. go down the list of the eight key concepts here, but it's all there. Um, those things are really important in the real world. And so you're talking about earlier about the two different teams working together, you know, IT, web development, security. There has to be a trust there. If they don't right. trust one another, it's like if I don't trust you, if you're that foot's coming at me at 300 miles an hour, you know, and you've got a long leg and I can't get away from it when it's flying at my head. But if I don't trust you not to take my head off, then I'm not going to come to class. You know, right. that, that's the reality. So you, there has to be that trust there. And, and honestly, that trust is, comes from that interaction and that engagement. So right. and, I, it's, and it's being open and vulnerable with each other. Right. And, yes. you know, like in, in class, like, look, when, when I interview people on the different teams I've worked on and I ask them questions, what I'm looking for, I'm looking for their knowledge but I'm also looking for honesty yes. because there's no, like people outside of IT is like, you're one of those IT guys. Like you have no idea how big IT is. Right. <laughs> but, but even from a web development perspective, right. There's going to be things that they don't know. And how do they handle that? Yeah. Are they going to be honest and say, you know what? I haven't looked into that, but I bet I can learn it because it sounds similar to this. To me, that's a great answer versus someone just trying to wing it. And uh, it, it's not about when you move your, I mean, it's good to have pride in your work, but mm -hmm. when you move your pride out of the way so you can learn, you know, for example, I have a student in my class. Uh, he's a red belt. He's really good. He's, he's actually really good. And um, his, his wrists move differently. 
right? So, so when we talk about, we have joint locks and joint locks are where you manipulate someone's wrist or arm in a way that uh, uh, promotes pain compliance, right? Or control. I think that's a good way to say that. <laughs> yes, but, it is. <laughs> but this gentleman, you know, he's only been training for a couple of years, but his wrists are different. Every now and then you run into people that either are double jointed or the joint locks just don't work the same. And so, you know, here's, here's this guy that's their, you know, master level instructories and they're showing them stuff and that the joint lock isn't working exactly right. What, what I'd like to do with that is like, Hey, let's work with me. I want to work with you on this so I can figure out like what your range of motion is and how can I get better at this? And I think as professionals, whether you've been doing this and I do, and I learn from it and, and they see that they see the honesty in that they know that I'm there for their best interest. Um, as a master instructor, our uh, grandmaster, our Kwong Janim, talks about like a SAWBOM, which is my title. That means uh, uh, certified master instructor. A SAWBOM needs to be a preacher, teacher, and a practitioner. And the most important thing is the practitioner. And what that means is you have to continue to learn and continue to be humble and try to see what, seek out the answers. Um, that's the same way in our field. It, cyber, it's, you know, there's so many different attacks from so many different places. You can't just do things like, hey, look, there's a DDoS. Let's block that IP. Victory. Like, no. No, that right. DDoS is coming from like seven different cloud, you know, yes. uh, organizations. And you're just like, you know, now what do we do? How do we find the pattern? What are, is there an appliance that would work for this? Or is this something that, that we can look at in code? Does MFA yep. work? Or are they bringing down, hey, we're using Google Recaptcha, but now they're bringing down that, you know, all these, all yeah. these different things. Yeah. How do they tie together? It's like, you know, it's like sparring, right? And first of all, for people that don't that don't know you very well from that side of that, Mr. Kimmett is one of the best sparrers I've ever been around. One one of my favorite uh, <laughs> sparring matches with him was a few years ago. I throw that long range back spin kick. I telegraph it a little bit, right? But I throw that long range back spin kick. He steps right in and sweeps my leg mid mid kick, and I, I'm laying on the ground. I look at him. I'm just like, just finish it, right? And so he, he punches. And, you know, we had a great time. We had a good laugh at that. But, um, but it's like sparring and you only throw like, I'm really good at punch, right? Yeah. There's only been a few people that only do like one or two things and they are successful at that. And that's like Bill Superfoot Wallace, right? Yeah. Now we're aging ourselves, right? But yes. that's yes. very dynamic kicker from one chamber. He could throw front round side hook kick, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but typically you want to have a multiple different techniques in your belt, things that you've practiced things that you're yeah. confident in and things that you can throw without having to think too hard about it so that you can respond. Not that you're a cowboy or cowgirl out there trying to like yeah. just throwing things at the wind. You can respond with things that you have tested, tried and true. Like yeah. sparring. One of the common things that people throw sparring is roundhouse kick. It's really fast. You can get it out there or whatever. But knowing that now there's, there's like a million different counters for that. And do I, is it this type of block? When I block, do I step? You know, is it, does, do I have these other techniques that go with it? And that's the same thing with, you know, um, these types of attacks, you know, the attacks evolve. We as IT professionals need to be humble enough to know that we don't have all the answers. We have to continually look at the threat that's coming in and then figure out why, what is the, what are they going after? What is the risk? What are the different techniques that I know that I can employ here? And then what's the last thing? Like, you know, maybe, maybe the last straw is like, I'm cutting the line to the data center. Maybe, maybe yep. that's it. But but you have all these tools in your tool belt that allows you to be nimble um, because there are people and uh, state agencies, their job 
is cyber terrorism, right? Yes. Their job is to bring you down. And it's, you know, there's uh, one, there's uh, security through obfuscation, right? Well, they'll never hit us because we're small. Like, it doesn't matter. Right? Nope. It doesn't matter. You're, you're practice fodder for them. Yes. Um, so not, not to sound paranoid, but you have to be prepared for that type of thing. And whether that tool yeah. is a coding standard, whether that tool is an appliance that you that you put in or it's a practice, honestly, it's going to be all of the above, right? And yep. how do you implement that? So. Yep. Well, I think it's really important for people to understand that you have that roundhouse kick coming in or that DOS, you know, whatever you have happening. Um, if you've never practiced the defense for that attack, even so much as a tabletop, just talking right. about it. How do you expect to deploy it when it's happening? Right. I have seen whole organizations being down. And I walk in as part of incident response and I go, okay, what did you do? Uh, we didn't do anything. Uh, okay. Do you initiate your incident response? No, because it's on the share and it's locked up right now. Yeah. Okay. So I immediately go into incident response um, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get this. Let's, let's find out what's happening here. Let's put this in place. Let's, we need to ask these questions, but it's because I've done it and I've been exposed to it and I've practiced it. So when I go into organizations, um, you know, my organization does instant response for other organizations. We get a retainer and we go in. Um, but when I came on, one of the things that I really wanted to start doing was, okay, we need to get in there before there's an incident. Right. Let's practice this. Let's show them. So we have this pre IR engagement that we do now that's like, okay, we're going to practice this stuff. The attack is coming in. The ransomware is in. Your network is down. Now what? Because when we come in, we ask you, do you have this? Do you have a network diagram? Do you have a data flow diagram? Do you have this? Do you have a critical list of servers? Do you have a critical functions? So you have, and when they don't, we have to make all that, you know, right. because we have to understand how the organization works. So if you do it beforehand, if you practice, if you spar, then you really, you, you practice the stuff to see if this works. I, I love doing tabletops. In fact, I'm, I'm teaching a tabletop class at a conference here soon. And it's eight hours of teaching people how to do tabletops, all the different versions and all the different kinds, because I think they're really important. But it's from the martial arts perspective that, hey, you need to practice this. We practice joint locks. What if we get grabbed? We get we practice being swept. We practice someone punching at us, kicking at us. We practice, you know, people just trying to intimidate us. Right. Well. The only way for you to learn how to defend against that is for it to happen to you. Now, is it going to be exactly like it, it is real? Well, of course not. But maybe it is. Maybe it is exactly how you get attacked and you go, ah, now I know how to defend against that. So those are the sorts of things that when people are trying to practice and trying to drill and try they really need to think about what is that realistic expectation right. now one thing that uh, we've only got about four minutes left um so one of the things that you said earlier that i, I want to highlight and i want to add to it just a little bit when our instructor our sabom nim he uh, he told me a story once uh, and i'm sure you've heard it i'm sure i mean he said it in class but one of the things that he um he was at a test and he was told to uh, get to know everybody. 
um, get to know the people at the class to get to the test. And so they went out and they actually got to know one another. And they're like, where are you from? And this and that. And then they came back. The instructor at the time says, no, 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 you need to get to know them. And what he meant by that is you need to train with them. You need to practice with them. You get to know them. And I think that going back to what you said about the teams working together, you know, the teams working together from IT and IT security, that's really important. And the way to do that is to go through these scenarios together, work right. do it in a friendly manner, do it at lunch, do it at what it's like, Hey, how would you guys handle a denial of service attack? Talk about it. Then do an actual tabletop later. You know, because they may be able to say that won't work in our environment because of these things. So IT security goes, okay, well, if that won't work, maybe we need to do this. Let's practice it. So you get together, you start practicing and you go, yes, in our organization, if this sort of attack occurs, this is what we can do. Awesome. So I really think that, you know, the key takeaways that I want the, the, the people on the show to, to get from some of this stuff is practice and drilling is really important. Um, the things that we do on a regular basis should involve the whole organization and really practicing what we, what the things that we think are important. So that's a disaster recovery, incident response, business continuity, defense against cyber attacks, learning new things. That's the one thing we haven't really talked about yet. Um, and we've only got two minutes. So we can't go deep into it, but learning. One right. of my requirements for my staff is they have to go get training. They I will pay for it, go get training and do the certification because that learning, you know, constant learning is really important because everything is always changing. So those are sort of the things that, you know, I kind of wanted to, to cover in this in, in this session. So we've only got about about a minute left. So what is something that you want to, the audience to walk away from this uh, presentation or this uh, this conversation from? You know, what, what is something you want them to remember? Other than come to class. It's good. For you. <laughs> um, so really, it's about this. Understand the why. If you don't practice, how much is it worth to you? if the bad thing happens and you're not ready. I mean, I don't mean to make you paranoid, but what does that mean to your bottom line? What does that mean to your integrity, to your clients and customers or people that rely on you? Um, if it's important to you, practice it and prepare so that you're ready for when that comes and you can protect yourself and those that rely on you. Right. We've only got about 30 seconds left. So, uh, Mr. Townsend, thank you so much for coming and joining us today and having a conversation with me about this. This is really important to me. I know it's really important to you. Martial arts is really important, but also being successful in our jobs and the community is really important. So I wanted to promise everyone, you know, kind of the list of things that's going to happen next for Kim. We've got Des Moines on September 21st, Columbus, uh, October 5th. Um, and I think that's all on my list. So uh, I want to remind everyone, uh, we've got some a lot of great episodes. I hope you enjoyed today, but we do have a lot of great episodes that we've done in the past. You can find all those episodes up on the Voice America Network and on your favorite podcast tools. So please join us again next week at 2 o'clock on, or 2 o'clock Central, that's my time frame, 2 o'clock Central on Fridays for the next great episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I had a great time. Mr. Townsend, I hope you had a great time. I hope the audience had a great time. Um, Everyone have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into and security for all. 
Be sure to join your host, Kim Hakem, for another episode of the show next Friday at noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. And don't forget, you can follow Kim on LinkedIn by searching for Kim Hakem. That's Kim, H-A-K-I-M, to keep yourself posted on all of her upcoming cybersecurity events. a cybersecurity professional that needs to earn continuing educational hours? FutureCon Events brings high-level cybersecurity training discovering cutting-edge security approaches, managing risk in the ever-changing threat of the cybersecurity workforce. Cybersecurity is no longer just an IT problem. To learn more about attending a virtual event, go to futureconevents.com or email info at futureconevents.com. Or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter at FutureConHQ. Don't miss the weekly FutureCon seamless podcast series focusing on the insights and thoughts of chief security officers and industry pioneers making a difference throughout the world. Kim Hakem, CEO of FutureCon Events, and Darren Anderson, CEO and co-founder Next Robotics, host seamless podcast started by a team of entrepreneurs with experience in fields like smart cities, technology, cybersecurity. The result is a series of podcasts unlike anything you've ever heard anywhere. Listen where you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher.